Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? Another day in the most beautiful prison on earth. <laughs> it's another Monday that's on a Friday. <laughs> my, my, my business partner, Jeff, and I were at this uh, meeting in Nashville before the pandemic, and there was this really great bumper sticker that we both got that says, thank God it's Monday. And uh, because, you know, we, we, it, I think it was a we work thing and we, we love what we do. But today, Michael, it seems like almost every day is Monday. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, it, that, that, that's part of, you know, for those of you who aren't used to working at home and Jay, you and I have been working at home sure, for, for years. years and years and years, you will learn that work is potentially happening all the time now, not just eight to five while you're in an office. That's right. And and frankly, it doesn't have to happen in the middle of the day. You can go out and do stuff in the afternoon, but come back and work from six o'clock until 11 p.m. If you want to. Whatever your time is. Whatever you want. So that, that was the big thing about, for me, when I first started working from home was just getting rid of the corporate mindset that we've all yep. been trained that you yep. must be working from eight to five. And it's yep. like, don't man, I, I, early. I remember the first few months I felt guilty when it's like, well, I'm not working right now, but I'm up at nine o'clock at night working. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah we so. all have our own clock, right? I'm, I'm at my desk at like five in the morning and that's just, I've always been that way, but I know folks that work in, until midnight. As long as you get the job done, it doesn't matter. And that's I, that cares what time? mindset who, who of who cares where uh, you're getting the job done and what exactly. time you're getting the job done. I that's don't old care, school, man. I don't care if you're sitting at a Starbucks at at nine o'clock at night. If it's getting done, it's getting done. That's right. Yeah, and the results are all that. Matters. I think people are more productive when they can work within their own clock. Oh yeah, yeah. Once I got comfortable with working at home. It was an explosion of productivity because, yeah, now now I can work seven days a week. I could take off Wednesday if I want and work all day on Saturday. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter once you get that corporate mentality that's been beat into us for decades out of your head. It's it's a whole freeing experience, basically. Yeah, I used to have this old boss who said, "Look." If you don't, if you don't show up on Saturday, don't even bother coming in on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So before we get to this week's guest, uh, yep. just a quick shout out to Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you so much, guys, for everything you do to spread the word and spread the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. And of course, to DiscMakers.com. Thank you for being a continued sponsor of this show week in and week out. It means a lot to us. Yep. Um, we know it's a digital world, but there's an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small. It's selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts online, and eventually at your gigs has become such an important income generator for every CD you sell, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make that same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. That's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. So head over to discmakers.com 
here's a special offer for you. Place an order for 100 or more CDs, and when you check out in the promo code box, put FREEBIZ, F-R-E-E-B-I-Z, all one word, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. And that's nothing to sneeze at. It's not nothing. It's not nothing. <laughs> so discmakers.com, promo code FREEBIZ. So, uh, Jay, we got a very cool guest joining us this week. Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Um, there's been a lot of talk about this company lately between my clients, my friends, uh, colleagues. Um, we have Parker Reyes, who is the head of music for a company called Tone Den, T-O-N-E-D-E-N, Tone Den. And uh, it was a fantastic conversation. Yeah, so let it roll. You're going to learn a lot about advertising for Spotify, for Instagram, um, Google Ads, a lot of cool stuff here. Today, we are really excited to have as a guest uh, on the show, uh, Parker Reyes, who is the head of music for Tone Den, and we'll tell you what that means. Parker, thanks for joining us, man. Thank You've you, been the man. topic of a lot of conversations lately. For sure. No, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm really excited to go to dive into all this crazy. I mean, the, the industry is in a really interesting place right now where a lot of yeah. people are wanting to remain relevant um, because touring has been paused. So recording music marketing has pretty much exploded. And yeah. the fact that a lot of companies are not, not spending a lot of money on social media right now means that prices are actually lower, which means that everybody in music's like, now's the time to really go in on this. So yeah, yeah well tell everybody if, if someone hasn't ever heard of Tone Den and let's say you're, you know, you give them the elevator pitch and somebody goes, Parker, what, what do you do? You know, what's this company you work for to tell the folks about what you do and what, what Tone Den does. For sure. So Tone, Tone Den is a music entertainment, music related advertising technology company where we are a platform where people, artists of all sizes, managers of all sizes, labels of all sizes can come in, log into our platform and be able to run hyper-effective marketing campaigns for their artists. That's to sell merch, to build fan bases, pretty much anything that comes with fan acquisition or selling a product for your artists that you can do on our platform. We have that end of the spectrum. You know, a lot of our business was in the live events space, like a lot of promoters use us, a lot, a lot of promoters use this to sell tickets to the, to the many events they were doing. Tour marketing managers on, on the agency side would use our platform to sell tickets to their artists' tours. But now that that's been paused, all of our resources has gone into the recorded music side. And we recently have developed a few really effective campaigns with specific objectives. For instance, you know, building a fan base on Spotify, building followers on Spotify. And basically with our platform, you're able to build out these really effective campaigns you can be someone who doesn't know a lot about marketing and we've basically simplified it to a place to where people that don't have the time or don't have a marketing person on their team or don't have, you know, a lot of managers are really great managers, but would rather just hire out a marketing person. Our tool can come in. You'll pay like a relatively small fee, a lot smaller than you would pay an agency. Or what's funny is a lot of agencies use us too to be able to scale their businesses quicker because of how easy it is to use us. So, 
it's either there's like a sweet spot. It's like agencies use us to bolster them, themselves and then artist managers and artists use them, use us if they're not able to afford an agency yet or just want to run things on a DIY side. Yeah. So, so Parker, let me ask you. So I, I started, uh, I ran a test campaign on Toned for a client of mine a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, yeah, it's an advertising platform. Are you a platform built on top of Facebook advertising? Yeah, so we're built on top of Ads Manager. Okay. We're also built on top of Google AdWords. So you're able to run Google campaigns through us, and you're able to run Facebook campaigns and, through and us. And Instagram, I would imagine. And Instagram, which, yeah, which falls under the, um, the, umbrella. the Facebook umbrella. Exactly. So eventually, like, the goal for the company is we want to be able to automate the whole marketing process. Um, eventually, there's just a lot of patterns that when you're in it, you really start to realize all these patterns of, of like, oh, how to hit this, that right fan? Like, how do I hit that right fan? There's a lot of right. nuances that, that are, are patterned amongst different genres and amongst different artists that our, our system kind of comes in and is learning how to do that eventually for us to be able to fit that hole for, for the marketer or for the artist so that they can just continuously. One, one of the things I, I really love about your platform is it really simplifies Facebook ad manager, which... I, I, Jay, I'm sure we've all heard it. I've talked to many clients who they on their own try and go in and run Facebook ads or Instagram ads and they never, it's very intimidating. Yeah. I I sort of describe it as it's like opening up Photoshop just to resize a photo. You open (laughs) up Photoshop and there's all sorts of stuff there and you have no idea. All I want to do is make it smaller. I want to reduce the resolution. You've, built something on top of it, which is really simplified all of the complicated stuff in Facebook advertising. So, and and then layered on, which I absolutely love your, your various playbooks, which it's sort of just like you come in here and you go, okay, what do you want to do? Because that's always what a client's like. I want yeah. this. I want more streams. I want more Spotify follows. I want more YouTube plays. I want more subscribers. And you've just created this simple thing of what do you want to do? Spotify followers click here, next step, next step, next step. Yeah. Five plug and play. You know, you just mentioned something, Michael, um, which we know what this is, but I don't know if a lot of uh, listeners or viewers would know. Um, Parker, talk a little bit about playbooks. Yeah, so for sure. So Playbooks are essentially uh, packaged campaigns. So when I was running this marketing agency for a while, there was a specific service that I was selling to people uh, at a margin, right? Um, I can get you to get a lot more Spotify followers by this campaign that I figured out, right? So essentially what that is, is that that is that campaign wrapped around our technology. So the user... All the user has to do is like exactly like you said, basically connect their ad account, pick their, pick their how much money they want to spend, um, yeah. how long they want to run the campaign for. And then they would put in like four to five big artists that they're trying to siphon their fans. And what our system will actually do is because we're connected to the Spotify API, it'll based off of those five, four to five source artists, it'll pull out all of their related artists, which means like four to five artists becomes like 20 or 30 artists that are then cross-checked with Instagram and Facebook all in real time to see if those artists exist within the platform to target and it'll auto-populate all those people. So again, people that have never done this in their lives, we didn't know to do that. Our system just does it for them and 
they plug in four big artists that they already know who they are. Like, cool. I'm a, I'm a hip hop act and I sound like Kanye West. Let's put Kanye West. I love Kanye West fans. Um, what about, um, Kendrick Lamar fans. Cool. Now Kanye has like 20 related artists. Kendrick has 20 related artists. Now all those artists would get pop populated into the big, uh, population pool or sorry, interest pool. And then all you would have to do the, the targeting pool. Uh, and then you would just basically remove and add specific manually who like maybe one that didn't get populated that you wanted. You would audit it. And then the last step would be to upload your creative. And then our system will go in and actually set it up. Um, yeah. Very nuanced. Like when you select your artist profile, our system actually pulls your URL for, for Spotify and then auto and then fan links that on our system. And then, adds that as a destination URL, all the machine does this all. And because it fan links it, it actually deep links it so that the, the Spotify um, app actually opens up when that you just, user swipes up, which is one of the major nuances that makes it work so well. It's like a lot of yeah. times people try to do it manually. And whenever somebody clicks up, swipes up on the ad, it'll, the, the browser on your mobile device will open and you're not logged in on the browser. So it's like, you can't do anything. It's a waste of money essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Are, 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 are the ads that are being created, and again, this is only off of my first test, so this is what I, I seem to have perceived. You're creating Instagram ads? Instagram Story stories. Ads? Stories. Okay. So you're not actually, you're using Facebook's ad platform, but you're not creating a Facebook ad that runs in Facebook. You're creating an Instagram story ad. Correct. So we ran tests on Instagram stories, Facebook stories, newsfeed, and mm -hmm. just Instagram store just destroyed everything on, on a results yeah. basis. So instead of splitting that budget out and making things complicated, we're putting hundred percent of the budget into the, into, into the Instagram right. story. Ads. And that could evolve, right? I mean, right now yeah. Instagram stories is highly effective, but 18 months from now it might be something else because when we first had toned in on this show a few years ago, things like, lookalike audiences and social unlocks and things like that were kind of driving the business. And I guess it seems like it's kind of evolving. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, yeah, it, it is evolving. I mean, we've, we've just messed with so many different types of audiences and that's the things like with the playbooks, it's easy, simple. We'll get you results. It's like exactly what you said. It's like, I just want fans. I just want streams. What needs to happen? And that's, that's what a playbook is. But we also have our, our more robust ad, ad tech system where it's very similar to Ads Manager, but the UI user experience is a lot cleaner. Um, all the bells and whistles that you wouldn't necessarily need are removed right. so that you can set up. And, and we also have our own budget optimization system to where, like, let's say you have several ad sets and each one had a specific type of person. So think of it like pools of people, right? Um, one, one is um, a lookalike audience of your Instagram engagers. One is your Instagram engagers. One is your Facebook engagers. And then the fourth one is like people who bought tickets to your event over the last six months. Yeah. Four, four different pools. Some of those pools are going to like, let's say I'm trying to sell, sell merch, right? One of those pools is a hotter fan pool. So I could probably sell a t-shirt for two bucks. Two bucks of ad spend, sell one t-shirt. Another pool is probably not as hot. Um, so maybe it would take $6 to, to, of ad spend to buy a t-shirt. Um, that, that discrepancy, our system actually goes in and sees that. And then we'll, we'll remove budget from the $6 cause it's higher and put it to the $2 cause it's, it's lower. And over the, mm -hmm. the time frame of your ad campaign, you actually sell more t-shirts at, at a lower cost without you having to do anything. Gotcha. It's a, it's a machine in the AI that's doing it all for you. Now, now you said you're working with Spotify's API. So the, the test I ran was to um, increase Spotify followers. 
And I got an, at the end of, you know, it was a very short test. I'm always a big fan of spend five bucks a day for a few days to see what works before jumping in with a big budget. And I got Spotify follower growth on there. Are you able to, in your report, attribute that growth directly to your ad? Meaning if I was running some organic campaign to drive people to my Spotify and I also was getting growth, how are you able to differentiate the growth numbers and credit it to the ad specifically? Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, because the API isn't fully open and I'm not sure if Spotify will ever make it fully open, it's impossible to attribute growth from the campaign. What we can do is look at your average growth over the last two weeks. Usually that's a number, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. you'll, you'll grow by four and then eight and then three. So let's say your average is six. Right. And then let's say you start running ads and then you, you spike up to 20, 30, 40, 30, 40. Your new average is 26. That means you had an increase of 20 per day on campaign. And the thing is, it's like, because there's so many like long tail, smaller artists that, that aren't growing much at all on Spotify. Um, it doesn't, it's like, everything that they run is pure growth on the campaign. When, where we start to get into like some like muddiness is when we, when you have a massive act that has a hundred thousand followers and they're already growing by 150 a day, which happens a sure. lot. If it's they spend a little bit of money and start growing by like 200 a day, that's a 50, the 50, 50 person increase. It doesn't seem like that much. It's still working, but there's right. just a lot more muddiness happening because there's a lot more marketing and a lot more organic things happening on the, on, on the side. Sure. So, so, so would, would you advise somebody who, who is trying to run a Spotify growth campaign to probably not run some other sort of advertising or marketing effort simultaneously, just let toned in for this one week, three week period be the only campaign so you can pretty much be assured it's all coming from this? Yeah, yeah, so if it's of an, if it's of an assurance thing, I would definitely try to like minimize the noise so that you can, you know, minimize the noise to figure out like, cool, this is what actually was contributed to, to my campaign. But on a strategy level, me as a manager, I'm, I'm trying to find like, I'm trying to find the most effective. It's all a machine that runs together. This is just one strong part of the machine. But you want to be running a bunch of different marketing campaigns to figure out how to like, give you that song or give that artist the, the, the biggest platform to be able to have a hit record. Because once you yeah. have a hit record, or you can build slowly, and another thing that we might get into later is like momentum. And this campaign really, really, when, when worked with release momentum, it, it really does wonders. It's like, I see it like, um, you're continuously bringing people to the funnel. And if you drop a record every six weeks, every time you drop a record, that, that, that spike is just a bit bigger and a bit bigger and a bit bigger and a bit bigger. And then your streamer base starts to get bigger and Spotify starts to see your artists as a, an attractive artist within the algorithm. And you start yeah. to generate a streamer base to where you're getting 100,000 streams a month with no marketing. It's all in the algorithms. And that's like ideally gotcha. the perfect place to be as an artist because you're just basically the machine's running for you. The machine's doing the marketing for you at that point. Yeah. Can I ask a question about like geo-targeting? Um, I know you've done a lot of folks who were touring, for example. Um, Talk to me a little bit about how I can use this platform to target markets where I'm, I'm wanting growth. Yeah, so geotargeting is, is definitely 
you can use our platform to do that. So for instance, let's say you wanted to tour in um, five markets in the US, you, you could run awareness-based campaigns and push within, a, what, what I've done in the past is I've actually created a 10 mile radius around a specific venue that I want to tour at and, and build out like, cause there's like, you know, 5,000 people that might be in a 10 mile radius within a, a specific venue. I'll run content around that venue for a period of months so and, and build a lot of engagement, a lot of retargeting so that whenever I'm ready to tour at that in that city, I can approach the promoter and be like, hey, like, look at this data. I have 6,000 active people. No, I have like 1,500 active people that are engaging with my artists that are within a five to 10 mile radius of your, of your venue. You should book me. Yeah. So and, that's in the U.S. That I would imagine that also works the same way if I have an act that I want to grow the base in, say, the U.K., yeah, you can replicate this anywhere. Um, you, if you, if you find your, the perfect piece of content to bring that fan into the artist bubble, um, like a, let's say it's like a, let's say it's like a, a video reel or a music video or a tour recap that actually shows personality of the artist, and then you run that piece of content in a five mile radius of a, of a music venue, and then you you can see as people watch the video, you continuously hit them over and over again. They get sucked in, they get sucked in, they get sucked into. Eventually, yeah. they've watched the whole video. And that means they're hyperactive. They're like, if they watch like a three minute, four minute video, they, they're like invested, you know, people are really yeah. do with their time. At which point you can then start hitting them with other content regularly so that whenever you're ready to tour, they're, they're like already in it, right? Yeah. And then you, you create a campaign selling tickets, hitting the people that watch the video slash engage with all the other posts. Yeah. And your, your ticket sales will, will, will skyrocket at which point. Yeah. And also having that data, you can approach your promoter or talent buyer and be like, look, look at this data. You should book me and they'll book you get, get, get a good fee out of it. Help them run their marketing and like replicate that in every market in the world and become a yeah. world tour that. One of your strengths at one of, you know, tone dens strengths I've always found is retargeting. Um, can you speak for those who haven't, they're not familiar with the term or they haven't used it. Can you talk a little bit about what retargeting is and how you use that technique? Yeah, absolutely. So think about this. So you, you have a person who's never heard of you before. It's a cold fan. Maybe it's like qualified, which means like I like punk rock. You say you're a punk rock fan and I like other punk, punk rock bands, but I've never heard of your band. I get hit with one piece of content. I get introduced to your band. That means I am now a little bit warmer, not hot yet, but a little bit warmer. So now that I've engaged with that first piece of content, I get added to a retargeting pool so that I'm deeper in the funnel. I'm aware of you, at which point I could be fed more content to bring me deeper into that funnel to where I'm actually a hot fan. So retargeting is basically hitting somebody who's already familiar with the, the product. You drop a pixel on them so you can pixel. kind of track them. Yeah. So like one way to do it is, um, for instance, um, we work with a few ticketing partners and whenever somebody buys a ticket, uh, there's like a pixel that's in that confirmation page and all those people that buy tickets get added to a retargeting pool so that you can then hit them with future shows or future future merch or whatever because that they have bought right. a ticket which means they're invested fan, fan base you can have many retargeting audiences some of them some of them are going to be hotter than others and you can have depending on like how deep they're in the funnel you can have a really really hot retargeting audience and then you can basically once you get that that small people can eventually don't grow eventually it'll be first it'll be a few thousand tens of thousands and eventually you can you can do what you, whatever you want that fan group to do you can do because they're so in the project at that point 
Gotcha. Uh, and as a marketer, you have a lot of control over that, uh, over that end, just on a data level. Yeah. Hey, Parker, can we talk a little bit about um, the Google ads component that you guys also work with? I think, you know, to, to, for most people, they're probably familiar at some level with Facebook ads and Instagram ads. That's just, you know, that's everything that everybody's talking about right now. But Google ads has been out there for a long time. I mean, that's Google's core business, you know, all these ads that run. Where are, do you have the same philosophy in that you've created an easy to use interface on top of Google ads? And then where are the ads running? Because, uh, you know, a Google ad is not running on Facebook or Instagram. So where are you putting the ads? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have done exactly that. It's, it's our same setup. We've simplified the process. The Google uh, user interface for their AdWords platform is really complicated and not easy to learn, for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've basically wrapped that around our platform and made it easy for people to run a Google AdWords campaign. So what that is, is, you know, when you search for, uh, it's, okay, so let's say Drake's in town. I really want Drake tickets. Drake tickets on Google. You'll see, you know, your, your top, uh, it's called the SERP. You'll see your top um, ticketing providers that are selling tickets, but there's an ad right above that that might be from a reseller or from some, um, what, is that? what is that ticket reseller? I don't know. But there's like a buy Drake tickets, yep. you know, the forum, whatever. That is what a Google ad is right there. Like a StubHub or something. Yeah, StubHub, that's what I was thinking. So you could create basically a, a campaign to sell tickets and, and basically cut the line and be on top of all the other people so you can take right. and get that sell. So uh, are, 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 you, are you just displaying ads in Google search results or are you displaying ads on third-party websites as well that are part of the Google network? Yeah, 100% on the search results. I'm like 80% sure we're also doing third-party networks because we started the Google the Google um, integration the launch before like COVID hit and we, we kind of, uh, we haven't put too much focus in it, but I think yeah. to my knowledge, we started incorporating third party networks. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. All the focus has been on Instagram over the last like three months. That's, that's and, and, and those sorts of ads are primarily text-based ads. They're not going to be graphical ads like an Instagram ad, correct? Yeah. So Instagram and Facebook are all about the content video, pretty looking pictures, stuff like that. For Google, it's more text-based. Think about like, you know, the search engine is all text-based. That's right. And, and, and how does the targeting work? We know in the Facebook world, Instagram world, the targeting is based on, you know, uh, that artist's got a Facebook page, that artist has an Instagram page, you're targeting the fans on that page that like that page or engage with that page. In the Google world, if I wanted to target Drake, am I targeting Drake's website? Am I tar how, how, how do I target down to the artist level? Yeah, it's about intent. So it's about, um, I want to buy, it's like, it would come up with wanting to buy Drake tickets. You would find other people and other websites associated with Drake, essentially. It's like, it's keyword based okay. um, and, and similar keyword based. So it, if I'm searching things about Kendrick Lamar or searching things about Drake or, or, or Google has information for me searching things about Drake because I'm a Drake fan, that's how I would get targeted. Yeah. So, so, so the, the 
correct me if I'm wrong. So the difference between the Google ads and the, the Facebook, Instagram ads is Facebook and Instagram is targeting based on that user's preferences and activities where Google ad is targeting based on basically the destination website and what do they provide and what are their keywords and how are they aligned? Yeah. Yeah. It's more search history based. Right. So Facebook and Google are like, I follow, I follow this artist. I like this artist stuff on, on on the different social platforms. I comment on this artist. I'm engaged with the artist on, on the social platform. And then, and then Google's more like I'm searching about this artist on Google. Does, does yeah. Google have the ability, because it's been a long time since I've done Google ads. I mean, obviously we know you go, you can target an ad when somebody goes to google.com and types in Drake tickets based on their search term. Boom, you can deliver them an ad. Um, can you, oh God, I just, I just blanked on where I was going with this. Um, can you... Uh, I apologize. <laughs> that's, oh, no that's quite all right. I got a quick question while you think of what you were yeah. going to say. So, Parker, there's there's really great data that we can see on the back end, and I want to I want to talk about that for a second. But more importantly, what are some metrics that you think are important for people using the platform? What should they be looking at to gauge whether their campaign is working or not? Yeah, I mean, the most important is, is it depends on what the objective is, but let's say you're trying to grow fans on Spotify. Cost per follower is really important. But, you, you know, on average, I mean, at this point, we've seen thousands of campaigns at this point. There's like an average of like what's good and what's bad. Anything over a dollar, you probably want to like figure it out. But I, I, if you're really good and you know how to hit the pocket, like you can get that to like 20, 30 cents. Yeah. Um, which is a big difference. You know, you spend $2,000, you'll get three X of the return. If you can get down that down to 30 cents, but it also comes down to the quality of music, the quality of the creative, all these things matter, Of course. you know, and um, a lot of times you don't have control over that as a marketer. So that that's one, but on an, on another, it's like, also you want to be able to log into your Spotify for artists dashboard look into the back end and see like, Whoa, my save rate's actually really high for the song that I'm pushing, which means it's working. Or um, streams right. of my artist song that I'm pushing actually spiked the day my campaign started, which always happens because people see the ad, swipe up, look for the song, and then stream it. And then 20% usually end up converting into an actual fan. So yeah. those, those are metrics to look at. I would always double check with Spotify for artists. Don't, I mean, our, our platform will give you as much as it can. Sure. Um, but uh, definitely like look, look into the back end of your artist project to see like, well, this is actually making yeah. a difference. Um, and then for, you know, if you're trying to sell merch, your, your cost per acquisition is most important. Like how much money do I need to spend to actually sell a t-shirt? Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get video views, what's my co- cost per video view? Um, it, it, it's all ranges depending on what the objective is, but, um, yeah, yeah and that's, that's where those that playbooks is. come into to play that they're kind of pre-packaged, um, campaigns, so to speak for different needs. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. A prepackaged campaign for, for specific needs. We have one for Spotify growth. We have one for Instagram growth. We have one for YouTube growth. We, we just launched one for TikTok growth. We know TikTok's the whole thing. Granted, yeah. TikTok might be banned in the U.S. In the I know. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But uh, so that and then we, we're, we're working on Apple Music too. So we're... The, the, oh, good. That's cool. What we want to do is just be able to have like a growth suite where the manager comes in, yo, I just want to grow on all these platforms. That's all I care about. I want streams, I want fans on these platforms. 
cool. Plug in a few things, put, put your budget in. Our system builds you this thing. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It's just constantly feeding you new fans. All you have to worry about is securing the deals as a manager, making sure your artist is putting out good music, setting up sessions, creative, all that kind of stuff while the marketing is handled by this robo AI system. Yeah. And it sounds pedantic, but you look at what's working and do more of that. Look at what's not and do a little less of that. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of other marketing things that are important, you know, that, that, uh, that are don't, don't fall in under the paid media side. Um, sure. you know, so the, it's, it's as a, the thing is I always kind of switch between like, um, my role at Tone Den and also the fact that I manage artists and I run this marketing company. Like I, there's a lot of synergy between the three because all the knowledge I use on my own artists and it works, but I also am able to, you know, push the company forward on that front and, and basically help build products that are going to help. Well, let's, let, let's talk a little bit about dollars here. Um, do you have a minimum ad spend you require people to use? And I ask because I've looked at, other third-party ad sources and it's like oh great you've got this awesome tool but you require a $500 a month minimum ad spend to even start running the ads and you know for for a big artist that could quite that's easily manageable but for a small independent artist $500 might be the total amount that they've got to spend on an ad campaign and they don't want to dump it into just one ad yeah, for sure. And we've seen that before. And our minimum is $5 a day. You can send, spend five bucks and turn it off and that's it. Um, but we do, we do, you know, you would pay for our, you would pay a subscription to, to, to be able to access our tools. Right. So there's an annual fee is kind of the baseline, correct? Yeah. There's a, there's a monthly or annual fee. It just gotcha. depends on um, how, how you want to do it. And what, um, what, 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 what are those fees? Just so we've got the info. It, yeah, it ranges. It ranges honestly. It depends on use cases. You know, it ranges on the low on the low end to a hundred, uh, and on the high end to like five hundred, and even higher in some cases. It just really depends on on um, on the type of client. You know, if it's an agency using us, we realize the agencies are going to resell our service. So, like, that's a whole other thing. We should get a card. Gotcha. That. That's right. You know, and if it's one single artist that's going to use one single playbook, like then it's on the low end. But if it's a management company, instead of them t- charging them like hundred dollars for artists that can get really expensive. So we'll, we'll do like a mid-sized thing where we'll give them, you know, 150 to 250 and then they'll have all they can eat. It, it, it really depends um, on, on the use case and, and all gotcha. that. But we're very like, we're very uh, aware of, um, of how much people can afford for the most part. And we try to be as really realistic as possible to make everybody as happy and as satisfied as we can. Yeah. What's the one thing that you think off the top of your head that you can see growth probably quicker or easier than another? Um, you mean like a strategy? Well, like, is it, you know, uh, subscri- subscribers to your YouTube channel trying to gain that? Is it more listens on or followers on Spotify? Are there certain areas that using Toneden that, are low hanging fruit, so to speak, that are a little yeah. bit easier to like, if you wanted to show your artist or someone that this is working, what would be one of the first kind of areas you would say Spotify. you need to do this? Spotify, uh, monthly listeners or followers? Followers. It, it's all connected. Yeah. But I would say, I would say followers, the followers come with the streamers and the monthly active listeners, but it's so easy to set up and it's so 
effective and it's so vastly effective that like people are like whoa what the hell like, <laughs> the, the amount of times i've just gotten tweets being like yo like this is the best results i've ever gotten from everything i've ever tried and it's because it's like it's a very nuanced campaign that works for everybody if it's set up correctly gotcha. and it's really easy to do like people that have never ran a campaign in their life are getting cpfs that are like below 20 cents and it's like what's funny is we're running into a situation where People don't know what they're sitting on. They're just like, cool. Like now I have all these followers. I don't know what this means. So they like, will stop spending. Uh, and it's just because they don't actually understand how hard that is to do because it's so easy to do. Um, and you just said cost, you said CPF, cost per? Cost per follower. Cost per follower. And for someone who doesn't know the abbreviations or acronyms, is there some place on Tone Den where they can kind of educate themselves on these things? Yeah. Um, they, we have a whole, sorry, my Slack's going crazy. We have a, <laughs> we have a whole uh, educational, oh yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. We have a whole a thing called Tone Den Academy that basically breaks down everything and breaks down all the strategy and it's just like videos. We basically teach you how to become an expert level marketer um, slash how to use our systems. Um, and it's a really, really good resource. And we put a lot of time into it. A lot of artist managers and independent artists are getting a lot of value. I mean, I've been in marketing for a minute. I worked at a marketing agency for a while. I ran an sure. agency. I managed. And like, if I had a resource like this when I was younger, I would be like, I feel like I'm, I'm in a good place, but I would be a lot further on my knowledge um, if I were to be able to start there because of the deep. And we have a lot of very smart people on our team. Um, that just love it. And I mean, just one of them, his name's Sam. He's built like, sometimes he just hits me up. He's like, yo, I just built this crazy funnel and he'll send me this crazy <laughs> diagram. I'm like, dude, this is genius. How do we do this? And it's like, we have like, we're surrounded by people like that. And we just give it all this knowledge out for free because it doesn't matter. It comes back. A, it's, it's, it's good to be a good person, right? Yeah. B, um, it comes back to you, man. Like the, you, yeah, it does authority. You build yeah. authority and then like whenever you have a product, people are like, this guy's know what they're talking about. Look at all this knowledge you just gave out for free. And you end up making a bunch of revenue that way. You know? Right. And before we started recording, you know, you and I were just kind of chatting about that, how that's not typically the way a lot of these businesses work. They, they play very close to the vest. They keep their secrets to themselves. Right. And I love the fact that you're educating people because it can only help everybody. I think it's great. There's enough, there's just enough abundance for everybody to win. And that's what people don't realize. It's like you keeping your stuff secret. It's only going to hurt you. It's like people will figure it out eventually. And then what, and then what, and then, but you can just, there's always innovation too. There's always something new. And you know, the next big thing might be TikTok. It might not be and like once yeah. that gets figured out, like the, there'll be a next thing. And that's just the process of it. And it's all about building authority and building a rapport with as many people as you can so that, people trust you and people talk for you and you don't even have to at some point have to sell the product anymore. People just sell it for you. you know? Yeah. Parker, when you set up and have an ad campaign that's running, are you still able to go into Google ad manager and look at the data? I mean, is the ad actually populated in there? So if somebody on your team was not intimidated by Facebook's ad manager, they could go in there and really do some deep slicing and dicing yes. based off on, Facebook's own reporting. Correct. So it's connected to your ad manager. So whenever you set it up, you can go in and see all the sauce. You can see all the sauce. You can see how everything was set up. You can, you can figure it out and be like, Oh, but the thing is, is like 
a lot our system does a lot of things that that like for instance the fan linking and the deep linking and like the the pulling in of the of the uh of, of the uh, of the actual like cost per follower and figuring that out through through spotify and all this stuff would take it just takes so much first of oh, all it yeah, takes a long sure. time to learn it takes a long time to learn um how to do it right and then it That's takes a long right. time to set up um when you could just pay us a small fee and, and we'll do it and our system will do it for you which ends up working out for like the majority of people anyways yeah, it sounds like a lot of this is just highly um, automated, where it, you've kind of built these things for people to plug and play, and they don't need to go in and learn all of these different nuanced systems and platforms, right? Yeah, ex exactly. And the goal for the company, and Tim, the CEO, this is like his vision on it as well, is to be able to automate marketing. Um, eventually there's going to be patterns and machines and all the stuff that it's like driving an automatic vehicle versus a manual vehicle. Like eventually there's going to be a way to just get what you want uh, based off of a bunch of nuances, but the machine will do it for you. Our, our company wants to be that company to be able to automate that system. So like, for instance, um, like a Squarespace where you don't need to know how to code. Yeah. Sure. Um, but you can code a web, but you can build a nice website. It's like, if, yeah. I don't know how to market, but I want to be able to market right records effectively. Yeah. That's a, that's a billion dollar business, you know, and everybody needs marketing. Every company yeah. needs marketing. So if we can be that, um, you know, we're in music and we're deep in music and I love it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just personally deep in music. I manage artists, you know, all that, all that stuff, but there's, there's a lot of runway for when this starts to branch out into the bigger business world of like non-music marketing, yeah. um, which I think will be an eventuality for the company. Yeah. I like the fact that you have worked in artist management because that's, uh, you know, uh, one of our artist managers tells us that, uh, you know, everybody's a bull rider until you open up the gate, right? Everybody <laughs> thinks they're an artist manager until they actually do it. And I work very closely with artist management and I know how uh, difficult their job is. And the fact that you're, a manager using this platform and helping to not only develop the platform, but educate people and um, help people with the platform, um, I think is, is very, very encouraging. You know, there's this great quote, I think it was Danny Goldberg, you know, when he was, uh, you know, working for a record company, he goes, what do these artist managers do all day? And then he became an artist manager and said, what do these record company people do all day? <laughs> So no, it's it's I'm uh, I'm thrilled that you know you're behind the wheel there, and and I feel more secure knowing that there's somebody who's actually putting their finger in the flame, who's out there because you're not going to waste any time with a platform that's not helping your artist. You're you're too busy for that. It's either got to work, it's got to be automated, plug and play, or I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm in a I mean I'm really happy with the company. I'm in I'm in a unique situation, and I think. <laughs> having a, a music related person and, and I feel like I'm successful in the management and I mean, my, my, my artists are signed to good record labels. Like touring was in a really good place. Unfortunately COVID hit, but um, all the knowledge that I'm learning there and, and all, I've always wanted to work in tech too. So it's like, sure. it's like a perfect synergy. Tech is just, which is very high ceilings in tech, which I like. Do um, any of your labels use tone den? And the reason I ask is I was at the uh, music tectonic uh, conference here in Los Angeles and there was, a meeting of some, you know, marketing folks from different labels. And uh, the one thing I noticed that was consistent from the indie guy to the major guy, all of us um, talked about Tone Den. It was a, a common kind of tool 
across all of them. Do any? Do you know if any of your label partners for your uh, managed artist, if they use the platform? Yeah, actually, um, a few of them do. It's funny. Uh, one of the guys that I just signed, there's a lot of synergy. I can't really talk about it. You know how these things are. But one of the artists <laughs> that, just, that, that I'm about to sign to a really, really dope record label um, is now, I didn't talk to them about this at all. It just, within the same two weeks, started using our platform, and I saw them come in in our, in our signups. And I was like, hey, like, what's up? You know, I, work <laughs> I know <here."> that, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we have like a whole thing that we can see when people, you know, it's, it's a little ching. It's, it's sure. hilarious, actually. <laughs> Anytime a new sign up comes up, you get a little, we get a little, a little ding noise. So like our phone uh, is blowing up. A little reward. Up. It's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a nice little, little thing. But um, yeah, I mean, we have, uh, it's nice to know that we have a lot of penetration and, and, and awareness within the industry. I think it's really, I mean, I think this year, next year, it's going to really take off, especially with our growth, our growth playbooks that, that we're really putting a lot of time into. Um, so it's, it's been really nice. And I think like there's a lot more um, room to grow, you know, and we're trying to be the biggest yeah. music ad tech company in, in the world. What's next for you guys? Is there anything you can share? Any areas where you're, you'd like to go, you're trying to go, you are going, anything you can share with us? Yes, podcasting. Podcasting. So there's a big business in podcasting. People create podcasts but don't know how to market their podcast. What we realize is an iteration of our campaign for Spotify can be used for podcasting. Uh, and then it can be basically could get a lot of subscribers to podcasts for different niches and different genres of podcasting. And so that's a whole thing that we're like really starting to focus on. And then live streaming too. We just launched some really crazy live streaming tech that's really starting to take off. Uh, the Dalai Lama actually used it. <laughs> Let me pick that name up. The Dalai Lama used it and then Russell Brand tweeted it out. And I was like, dude, what is happening right now? This is crazy. That's crazy cool, thing. man. That happened like that's a few great. days ago. It's a, yeah, it's basically a fan link for live streams to where the fan can go in and like, I want to I watch on Twitch, put in my email. Uh, RCP and then that that will auto follow that artist page on Twitch and then an hour a day before the live stream our system will email the user being like hey don't forget and then 30 minutes before it'll do it again so that when you join the stream you have 100 200 300 people that got notified from our system it's just a marketing yeah. Parker where can uh, where do people go to sign up and kick the tires here <laughs> yeah yeah um for sure for sure um uh, feel free to email me it's probably better if i just like actually run you through the platform and like really give you the the, the extra love so that you can feel comfortable my email is a parker at tonedin.io but if you'd rather just check it out yourself it's uh www.tonedin.io that's t-o-n-e-d-e-n.io awesome super cool man appreciate you sitting down with us parker Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. This is great timing having Tone Den join yeah. us, like, like you mentioned at the beginning of the, sh beginning of the interview, because I've just finished a test campaign and, you know, I'm just starting to get my arms around what Tone Den can do and how does it work. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and honestly, I'm very excited to hear they've got their, their radar on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. 
I perked up with that too. Yeah. You know, and they've grown a lot. I've been aware of Tone Den for years. And yeah, so have I. You and I had them on the show a few years ago. And back then, they, they were one of the first to kind of really dig into lookalike audiences. And they were a really simple solution if you didn't want to go into the back end of Facebook and, you know, import a email list and that sort of thing. And it was, it was really cool. And, you know, there were some smart URL things and they, they had some really cool um, functionality. But I think now they've really got it down to a science where they have that funnel and they've got different, uh, you know, goals that you have in mind and you just kind of plug and play. Yeah, at time yeah really you know, uh, my, my big takeaway um, from using it was, boy, did they simplify basically completely hide the Facebook ad manager, which can be quite intimidating um, to any user, you know, whether, whether you're using the ad manager or just clicking boost post um, it's not the prettiest UI that Facebook has or even Instagram has. So they've built an incredible interface on top of all of that. That's cut out all the clutter that you don't need to worry about and just, giving you what's important. Yeah. You mentioned that Photoshop analogy, which I thought was perfect. I always think of it as like Apple computer. They've taken very complex things and made them usable and simplified them. Yep. Right. There's still the functionality still there, but it's just, it's a lot simpler. And I think that's kind of what Tone Den has done is taken some of these things that could be intimidating for uh, folks and simplify them. Yeah. Cause my, my, my personal feeling is if, if these ad platforms were extremely simple, users would be spending more money on advertising. Yeah. It's the complexity of these systems that drive people away from even starting or drive them away from coming back because they're just like, you you know, you, you talked about the glossary of terms. It's like, people are like, well, what is an ROI? What is a CPC? What is a CPA? You know, stuff that, We've used it, and we understand this stuff. That's right. But the average person, a musician, is going to go, I I, I don't know. I see $1.50 here. Is that good or bad? Exactly. I mean, everybody, it's human nature, right? We're We're all afraid of things we don't understand. Anything like this that can make it simpler, easier to understand, and you don't have to spend a lot of time getting to know the platform. You and I know some of these terms because we've used them for years. But for somebody who hasn't used these, it's like a foreign language. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Good exactly. stuff, man. Um, so if you're watching us on uh, on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button. If you're listening on Spotify, click the green follow button. Pound it. Pound that button. Pound that button. (laughs) And on iTunes, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and a rating as well. And uh, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We'll see everybody next week.